Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. So there is an old saying from Davy Crockett. And God. he says, he says, you, uh, you may all go to hell and I will go to Texas. <laughs> and 150 years later, we find out that hell was actually a four game series in Toronto <laughs> Monday wow. through Thursday in September. That was sort of a little bit the death blow. For these Toronto Blue Jays. Now, I'm not saying that it's all over, but it did feel like a death blow, which which got me thinking about Seinfeld. Right? Oh, I was just thinking that death blow where someone tries to blow you up, not because of who you are, but for different reasons altogether. <laughs> I, I literally my mom and dad were out visiting uh, last week and we literally watched that death blow episode awesome. uh, while they were here. So it's hilarious that you even brought that up. Oh, my God. Uh, tough Listen, to be toxically positive this morning, isn't it? It's tough to be toxically positive. And Andrew Stoughton had the tweet of the night last night, I think. And his tweet was starting to feel like the million games the Jays pissed away over the last five months of the season may come back to haunt. <laughs> yeah, I about sums it up. That about sums oh, it up. Man. Uh, before we dive right, right into it, I do just want to acknowledge the fact that you and I had a nice little semi-off-the-record rant that was not mm-hmm. YouTube safe. Uh, that's available yes. on our Patreon. So if you're already on the Patreon, I know a lot of people are on the Patreon just to support us, but still mm-hmm. consume the content on the podcast, like the audio side or on YouTube. If that is the case for you, uh, thank you for one. And for two, head on over to Patreon if you're interested in Scott and I's little rant about the merits of booing whether that's ever uh, warranted. Uh, We spent about Mm -hmm. 15 minutes getting pretty heated on that. So uh, that's a little bonus for the Patreon today. We have revamped the Patreon and we do have Mm -hmm. new tiers. And since Mailbag, we've actually got, uh, I think it's three new Patreon members in the last three days. So a big tip of the hat. Uh, I know Brian. four. We had another one last night. So I'm going to read the list here before we forget. Yeah. Go ahead, actually. Okay. So. Uh, Corey, single name only. Uh, okay. Welcome to the Patreon. Yeah, uh, the share a lot, of the grounds crew, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Carter, also Which, joined. By the way, big thank. I mean, big, big thanks to everyone. But Scotty Carter's been a dude who has been a big member of the grounds crew for probably a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Supports us by constantly being. Uh, a commenter in the YouTube section. He follows along on the live YouTube stuff we do, whether it's long toss or even when we were doing um, live games, watch parties. So cool to have Scotty on board. Big time. Um, sorry, I thought there was more to that sentence. No, uh, I, yeah. I I had a weird inflection at the end that made it seem like I was going to carry on, but nope, that was it. <laughs> uh, we also had... Uh, Xavier Jackson, who joined at the uh, $14 a month tier. Yes, so the middle tier. 
Ooh. That'll get you a free coffee mug. So enjoy your merch, uh, Xavier Jackson. And then at the yet-to-be-appropriately-titled uh, $25 a month tier, Brian Crawford. Yes, Brian. So, uh, Brian, of course, does some um, writing for, for Blue Jays prospects. We've mm-hmm. had him on the show before. Uh, yeah, so a big tip of the hat to Brian. So anyways, Brian. this was a long, drawn-out way of saying thank you very much to all the new Patreon members. Thank you very much to those who are already a Patreon members and have been either uh, loudly or quietly supporting us. We truly do appreciate it. And uh, if you're thinking about joining the Patreon, you're on the fence, let's go. There you it's go. a good little community. Um. Okay, let's let's get into it, I guess, today. Yeah, lots to talk about. It's not all going to be rosy and sunshine, but uh, lots to get to. The Jays buried by the Rangers. Death blow. <laughs> we'll see. Three studs and a dud. We've been uh, doing that. Correction. I did put up a poll on Patreon. Uh, is it three studs and a dud or is it three duds and a stud for today? And 91% of the votes came in three duds, one stud. So for the first wow. time ever, we're flipping it. For the it. first I think time ever. If there was ever a case that that was warranted, it was this. We will talk this team's home and away splits. We are well aware of the major renovations that have gone down with the Rogers Center, the reconfiguration of the outfield wall, the bullpens in the outfield. All of this stuff was supposedly done to help with the offense and give a little bit of a home field extra advantage to the way this team is constructed. Uh, Wow, has it ever missed the mark on that? We'll get into the numbers. John Schneider and the coaching staff. And even to a larger extent, the general manager. We are going to get into where we're at on them, what's going to happen over the next couple weeks and how this plays out in the offseason if we'll go over all the scenarios here but uh yeah john schneider i've got some things to say i'm not it's so funny how i started off dude as just like i really thought it was a good move bringing in john schneider i honestly did and uh, my tune has changed a little bit over the season We'll we'll delve into it. Uh, of course, Alex Anthopoulos. He made an appearance on the Blair and Barker show yesterday, which created a lot of nostalgia amongst Blue Jays fans. And whenever Alex Anthopoulos gets brought up, uh, only the good things do. So we are going to talk Alex Anthopoulos, but we're also going to remind everybody that you don't get to just rewrite history. Some things are just the way they are and. He's an incredible general manager and has done an amazing job with the Atlanta Braves, but it's it's maybe not as black and white as everyone's making it out to be. And it definitely isn't the case that the Blue Jays chased him off, which is tends to be the, uh, the, narrative. the narrative out there currently. And then we'll end the show on the week ahead. The Blue Jays facing the Red Sox and the Yankees. All right. Let's do it. I can't believe I almost shaved a mustache for these yahoos. <laughs> you know how angry I'd be if I just watched if them get just... swept while yeah. I had a naked chin? 
Oh. <laughs> Gross. What about dodged a bullet? Dodged Not just bullet. swept. I mean, it was a four-game series. Trampled. Trampled. Outscored 35 to 9. At home. At home. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, bring out all the strong words. Embarrassed. Humiliated. 10-4, they lost game one. 6-3, they lost game two. Game three, 10-0. And with their backs against the wall and probably the biggest most must-win of the season yesterday, they lost 9-2. 9-2. Yeah. This For team a, didn't show up. They just didn't show up. This was so... Last year's end of the season was one of the worst feelings I've ever felt. Watching Bo and George collide mm-hmm. in the middle of, what was it, an eight-run collapse against the mm-hmm. Mariners. Um, This was so much worse. To just watch 26 lifeless players limp through over a period of four days, mm-hmm. just be absolutely embarrassed from start to finish. That, uh, I want to call it a highlight, but that low light of Chris Bassett balking in the first run of the season. Uh. It was really a microcosm of the series as a whole. Like Texas came ready to play. They had their game plan. That was a. I, I wish it didn't happen to the Blue Jays because I loved everything about that play from the Rangers perspective. Yeah. Right. Manipulating the pickoff attempts. Just forcing him on the third attempt. Like, hey, come chase me back. Then what are you going to do? Like. He's halfway to home. What's Chris Bassett going to... I don't even blame Chris Bassett for that, by the way. What is he going to do? Right? He's got to do something. Yeah. I I do feel like his best chance is I'm going to just have to chase him down and hopefully I get him before... before he can get back. Like, I I don't know. I'm not mad at Chris Bassett for that. But, like, did we have a massive shift on? Who was playing third? I don't even remember. It's a blind rage right now, Scott. But, like... Yeah. How was the third baseman not like aware also aware of like, oh holy fuck, we're getting really manipulated here. Shift or not, I better go do something because that was embarrassing. That was such an embarrassing we were like outsmarted and outplayed, and that just felt like that was the omen of the terrible things that were to come. Listen, everyone knows the trouble this team has had scoring runs. And yesterday in a 4-2 game, back against the wall. Who? Before you say this, how, who do you think felt less confident in their ability to come back? The Blue Jays or you and me? Like the fan base. I, they yeah, look I mean, so defeated. Sorry, they, I really... They, uh, no man, and and this is this was my point. This is what I'm getting to because there is some things. And and listen, I I, I don't want to get too deep into the management decisions here because we do have a full a full uh, topic on John Schneider and this sure. coaching staff. But my God, dude, with your back against the wall and your season on the line, you are going to bring in Trevor Richards, 
who has been literally dude god awful. It's a 4-2 game in the eighth inning. You already know you don't score runs. You already know that two runs is probably too much. It's already probably insurmountable. But any other run pretty much put a, puts a nail in the coffin. And you're going to go to a guy that in his last 10 games, since coming back off of injury, is sporting a 9.82 ERA with an opponent's OPS of 889. This is what you're going to do. Top of the eighth, you're going to do this. In 9.2 innings pitch, since Richards has been back, he's allowed 15 hits, Adam. 15 fucking hits. 17 runs. 17 earned runs. All of them earned. He's walked 11 guys. This is, if there has ever been a time to go on small sample size <laughs> when it comes to relievers, it is September 15th yeah. in a playoff race. Mm -hmm. I can't wrap my head around that. Like, th listen, dude, they go out, they go out and they spend two of their top pitching prospects in Semro Burst and Adam Klofenstein to go out there and get Jordan Hicks, a dude who can throw 105 miles an hour. And you're going to bring in Trevor fucking Richards with the season on the line. You're going to, you're going to send Jordan Hicks out there to pitch in a 10, nothing game in on Wednesday as a mop up dude. Like, I, I I just, I understand that you can't constantly act like the sky is falling, falling and the urgency is at a max. But if, if you, that was the time. That was the moment to act like the game is do or die. It's funny because these words are so closely related. Panic versus urgency. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like there's no urgency. I would give me panic. Show <laughs> me some panic, Adam. <laughs> give me some panic. Yeah. I mean, and well, the Trevor Richards thing is like, it's not even that, it's not a small sample size. Like going into the trade deadline, I mean, I was at the time kind of frustrated with the team and suggesting, like, hey, maybe we take some calls on some of these guys instead of being buyers at the deadline. Maybe we're sellers. And Trevor Richards was one of the names I brought up. Well, since then, since July 6th, yeah, he's got a seven and a half ERA and a whip of 1.8. Like, and, it's not and, like and he's listen, been man. lights out and just hit a bump in the road last week. It's like, oh, yeah. he hasn't been good in a long time. Since, since coming back. Yeah. And, and Adam, another thing, too, that really got me was John Schneider was asked about this after the game. And I mean, I get it. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and he he shouldn't necessarily just bury the guy. It's not so much the answer that bothered me, but his answer was, "I think he has ninety four strikeouts in about sixty innings this year," which is true. Which is true. But again, if there's ever been a time to mm -hmm. go with the small sample size and go with the hot hand and go with what have you done for me lately? which isn't necessarily always the way to play when it comes to relievers in baseball. And if this was June, it's a totally different scenario. But it's September in the most important game of the year, and you're going to, what, go on a hunch he's due? <laughs> it's wild. And, yeah. and I know that there's always, you can always nitpick the manager 
Packers' decisions, but man, they're piling up for me with John Schneider. It just seems like the obvious decisions, the baseball decisions, are being mismanaged time and time again. Now, I don't, I don't want to keep pointing back to stuff like, like not pinch running for Kirk. Not, but like this mm-hmm. is this is this is Andrew Stoughton's tweet, right? You piss away a million games over five months. It's going to wind up biting you in the ass eventually. And I know that we kind of stated that going into this stretch, they had to go 10 and nine to get 90 wins. They now have to go 10 and five. They've definitely put themselves in a situation where their back's against the wall. I don't know if they've got the fight in them. The only, only benefit this team has going for them before we get into three duds and a stud here. The only benefit this team has going for them is that the three teams they're chasing are all in the AL West and all play the shit out of each other. I mean, there's 15 games left. And of those 15 games, Seattle plays the Rangers and Houston, 10 of them, two thirds of the games. They could go five and 10. Yeah, you bet. I've just gone and worked myself all up. It's so funny when we were about to hit record too. You're like, okay, we've kind of talked ourselves into some positivity. Let's get into it. And now I'm like literally at the point where I'm like, burn it all down. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, uh, sugar is delicious. It's a nice tasty treat. It makes you smile, but when it's on fire, you don't want it on your skin. And that's where we're at right now. <laughs> Uh, We got liquid hot sugar boiling our skin. Uh, It's frustrating. Uh, Let's get into three duds and a stud. Um, And just so everyone knows, there has been plenty of opportunities for us to do three duds and one stud this mm -hmm. year. And we We have have never gone this route. We have never gone the full on negative route. And like Adam said, there was a poll done in Patreon. And that is why a 91% yes, three duds to one stud. It's a mandate. Let's go. Uh, let's get the one lone stud out of the way. And even this is like, eh, kind of an underwhelming stud. If you ask me, Tim Mesa, two games, one and two thirds innings pitched. He gave up one hit, zero runs, zero walks and two strikeouts. Tim Mesa has been huge all year. He came up big last night with uh, bases loaded. Mm-hmm. And he gets some big outs. Yeah. Uh, 1.1 innings. I mean, he did what he had to do. And whew, from there. Well, I mean, I'll say this just because I did point, I did throw Trevor Richards under the bus. And I said that, you know, back in July, I said that he should be one of the guys we take phone calls on. Does that make me look like a super genius because he has imploded since then? Sure. But as people in the grounds crew will point out in the comment section, I did also say the exact same thing about Tim Meza and Tim Meza has uh, held his value. So um, there you go. Tim Meza, your lone stud of the week. Uh, Duds. Boy, was this ever a close one? Not a, not a close one. Um, <laughs> a, a popular category to try and get into this week. Um, do we go with Alejandro Kirk, who went one for nine? Nah, that's not bad enough. Um, as a team, 
in September in a playoff race, blah, 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 put all the categorization categorization around it that you want. Um, statistically, offensively, our best hitters in the... I, I'm only looking at the last four games, to be honest. I'm not even looking at the past week because these four games mattered way more than the previous three against the Rockies. So in this series... Our best four hitters. Can you name them? Uh, I'm going to guess. This is just based on batting average, but of course, OPS and slugging and stuff matches along because okay, I'm going to head guess and that above it's, everyone else. I'm going to guess that it is Kevin Kiermeyer, Dalton Varshow, George Springer. Davis Schneider? No, Schneider's had a rough couple games. I don't know. Am I close? <laughs> nope, not even a little no, bit. I... Uh, so for starters, Dalton Varsho went over eight. Okay. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer, you also said he went one for seven, so a one forty three batting average. Uh, George Springer, three for fourteen. A 214 batting average. Who was the other one you you listed? Davis Schneider. Davis Schneider. No, Davis Schneider, believe it or not, our third dud of the week. Yeah. The best offensive talent we have in Toronto right now. And he went three for 16 with zero walks and four strikeouts. That's a 188 batting average. Listen, there are, it, it sure is difficult to provide any sort of protection for any of your top hitters if everyone is slumping at the same time. It is mm -hmm. just so difficult to manipulate a batting order into providing the kind of protection you need to allow some of these guys to continue to hit. Like Davis Schneider even said when we had him on the podcast, he's like, listen, he's like, I strike out. I know I strike out. I know mm -hmm. there's going to be times where I go 19 strikeouts and 20 at bats. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's, it's being able to dig yourself out of that and, and keep with your approach. And I will give David Schneider some credit too, is that when he does strike out, not that seeing a lot of pitches is the be all and end all, but he does see a lot of pitches. The amount of times you'll see a full count where he's, mm -hmm. that's where he winds up striking out substantial in comparison to some of these others cuz the let's face it especially recently the amount of uh one and two counts where Vladdy strikes out on lately huh, on an you know outside what? pitch out of the zone <laughs> I, I watched a lot of Jays in 30 this week to be honest mm -hmm. um not even out of frustration just my daughters in hockey evaluations and it's just a busy time of year with back to school and whatever um i never did it but I was tempted with every one of Vladdy's at bats to just like fast forward through it to just click the like wow. skip 15 seconds ahead. Cause I'm yeah. like, I just, I know nothing's going to happen. Yourself. Like, yeah, it's just not a good feeling. Um, anyways, the top four batters before I forget this, the top four batters in this series, uh, Kevin Biggio hit 300, three for 10, uh, Spencer Horowitz, Right. Went two for six. So smaller sample size for these guys. But yeah. I mean, that, I think that almost just demonstrates how bad the full-time players were. Yeah. Um, Santiago Espinal went three for six. 
and Ernie er, Ernie Clement went two for four. So, but when when those even on like a small sample size, at least the limited action they did see, they fucking did something. Like maybe that. Uh, oh. Does Vladdy no, need to I be benched, did. right? Like, is that where we're at? Where it's just like, I why know, is man. he getting 15 at-bats in this series? When Why is he still in the three-hole? <sighs> I, I don't know. There's a yeah. lot of questions, dude. Um, it, was a, it was a two-way tie for studs number two and number one. So let's just rip this Band-Aid off. Um, duds. 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 Thank you. Uh, it's Bo and Vlad. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I have to put them in either order. Ooh, it's tough. I guess Vlad is probably dud number two and Bo's dud number one because Vlad at least had a home run. So, but now they, they combined to go four for 30 in this yeah. series. They had a combined batting average of 133 from the leaders is, of the, the team. These, this is the heartbeat of the yeah, team. The heartbeat and of the team. I mean, how can I fault Alejandro Kirk for going 111 in this series? when the lifeblood of the team refuses to pump. You know, you're going to have some extremities uh, shrivel up and die. And and that's where we're at. Man, am I ever bummed out? Yeah, honestly. And you know what? I, I will bring this up because it is a factor, but I do not wish to have a bunch of comments saying I'm being an apologist because I'm not. Okay. The, the the season was on the line, is on the line, and these guys just plain didn't show up. Although there is something to be said for the fact that this team is missing their number one catcher. This team did just go the last two weeks. Whether you feel that he has uh, contributed appropriately over the last few months or not, they were missing their starting third baseman and a guy who is known for being a defensive stalwart at the hot corner in Matt Chapman. Bo Bichette just came back to start this series after missing two weeks. Again, I'm not making excuses, although if you were to go to another team and remove their starting shortstop, starting third baseman, and starting catcher for a two-week span, it probably it probably is going to affect the team. And they did a pretty admirable job of keeping their head above water and surviving on that quote-end-quote easy stretch where they went 10-5 and five over teams below 500. But my goodness... I just got to push back on Matt Chapman. I hear you on everything else. If you just left him out of the equation, I'd buy what you're selling a little bit more. He has not been a contributor offensively at all. Defensive stalwart at third, sure. But we didn't lose any of these games because Kevin Biggio couldn't get to a a hard grounder. We got excellent third baseman play defensively and better offensive production than we've seen out of third base since May 1st. So, but everything else I and agree it, with. It, it does suck that Bobachet has so many moving parts in his swing because it does take him a week or two every time he gets starting to um Well, the first time he came up. back from the IL, did he struggle? That's he, a great question. I, I didn't he actually hit his stride check the, right away. Um, I I didn't check the numbers on that, but uh, I'm gonna just pull it up right now here. 
Um, Let's see how quick I can go. So nonetheless, it's not the for... first time a guy has come back off of injury and had three rough games at the plate. Okay, so he came back, uh, missed time at the end of July. No, he had a five-game hitting streak when he came back. I mean, the first first five games back, he's hitting 261, OPS 739. Like, good, not great, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he finds it. The the This organization desperately needs Bo Bichette to be playing like it was a terrible time for an injury it was a terrible time for an injury horrible time um i'm not hanging this season on bo bichette like when we look back at the the whole picture yeah and we will revisit three studs and a dud like for the season everyone will get their their points uh distributed we'll tally it up that'll be fun to look at um hopefully we're not looking at it till november um bo bichette is not to blame for this season i I, yeah just bottom line (laughs) He was definitely a dud this week. You know, call it like I see it. But, yeah, that's not on him. The whole season, not on him. Uh, attention to details, uh, hashtag vibe of the season. And it's like, you didn't even fucking dot your I's and cross your T's in the sentence, buddy. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, disgusting. Let's get into the biggest question mark of the season here. Oh, no, go ahead. Just for anybody who's like, oh, we come here for the toxic positivity. Where's the toxic positivity, guys? That was it. That was the best, happiest version of how we're feeling. Right, Scott? Yeah, I We're, we're trying here. We're really trying to find the silver lining. It, it is a dark, dark cloud right now. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. As a child, I always, I always wondered whenever I heard the saying, a polished turd. And I was like, I don't even understand what that means. But if there's ever been a good example for the children out there wondering what we're talking about when you, you hear polished turd as a saying, uh, the 2023 blue Jays <laughs> at this point, after that Texas series, that is, that is a polished turd. There you That's go. the best we could do. Okay. These numbers blow my mind, dude. And I, I don't know. It just, leaves me with more questions than any sort of answers or solutions this subject we're about to get into. But the Roger Center offensive disaster that has taken place for this team has been, if not the biggest mystery of 2023, it's right up there with what happened to Alec Manoa and where did Vladdy go? We're talking home and away Uh, splits. We're talking home and away. So 42 road wins is what... The Blue Jays are at currently, which is third most in the American League, wow. by the way. Uh, the Jays at home, uh, 38 wins, which is seventh most. So right in the middle. Okay. The Jays on the road have the fifth highest slugging percentage in baseball. The Jays at home have the 23rd highest slugging percentage in baseball. Now, let's start breaking this down a little bit more to what the lifeblood of this team is, their top players. Bo Bichette at home has an OPS of 785, so just slightly above average. On the road, he has an OPS of 857, which is superstar wow. yep. range. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., this is where it gets even crazier. His home OPS is 686 
which is now below the league average. His road OPS, 851. Also superstar range. Wow. I didn't realize that. It gets more fucky. Okay. Dalton Varsho, home OPS, 538, which is not even bench replacement level. But now listen to this. Road OPS, 755, which is above the league average. Hey. But look at the gap. Like, we're talking about a 220-point gap between home and a road, home and away for Dalton Varsho. We're talking 170 for Vladdy and a full 80 points for Bo Bichette. Yeah, that's crazy. The Why? Blue Jays, the Blue Jays have the seventh most home runs in baseball on the road. Okay. Twenty fourth at home. Wow. Which puts them at fifteenth in all of baseball total. There are obviously arguments that this is luck okay but good god that's we're like man we're we're pushing 150 games into the season this is drastic like this isn't we're not talking we're not talking comes out in the wash type of difference here Here's another one that's really weird and not necessarily about home and away, but Vladdy gets beat by by fastballs a lot. Mm-hmm. He's got a zero run value against four seamers this year. He was plus seven against four seam fastballs last year. He was plus 34 in 2021. So Vladdy just can't hit a fastball anymore. And we're seeing but- it. Especially when it's right down the pipe, middle, middle, right down the pipe. He's 90, 92 miles an hour, right down the middle, no movement. He's fouling it off behind the catcher. No damage being done. We watched the Baltimore Orioles in 2022 push their left field wall out by about 30 feet. Mm-hmm. They are a team that hits a lot of bombs to the right field wall Mm -hmm. they configured their stadium around the way their team was built and then continued to build the team to that specification they min maxed it yes and it's it's working now i'm not saying there wasn't research and studies that went into the configuration of the rogers center but i'm starting to wonder if those That if that research was based around how much money you could make on a patio and yeah. not and not how many dingers is this going to improve this team's output? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the talking points the whole off season. Like every time we'd get a new picture released or a new look behind the scenes, it was always like. Yeah, we're kind of looking to be like a neutral 
ballpark, like not an advantage for the hitters or the pitchers. You know. Uh, now that said, there there is an argument to be made that one of the reasons that the Toronto Blue Jays have the best starting pitching in baseball sure. with the lowest ERA around Major League Baseball. I haven't checked it in the last four games, so uh, they may have fallen a bit since then. But I, I think it's safe to say without even looking that they're still a top five team in all of baseball when it comes to the ERA. Now, are they top five have... at home and bottom five on the road? Is that the question? Mm. I, I didn't check, but ground screw do the work at school season. I, I do uh, think there is, there is a, like, I do think that this is helping pitching. Obviously there's a reason I, I and the blue Jays pitching is really improved too. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from what they have accomplished this year, but my goodness, dude, you read those splits, like especially Dalton Varsho, my God, like he's, he goes from not a major league player to an above average major league player. Yeah. And that is crazy to think about like that. Um, I Vladdy wonder, goes from a bench piece to a superstar. It's messed up, man. I wonder what the difference would be looking at uh, league-wide the impact of the Rogers Center on the other 29 teams. Yeah. You know, what's their... You know, what's their going average versus the 12-game sample size from their time in Toronto or the five-game sample size from their time in Toronto. You know, like, are there, is it, uh, I don't know. I don't have the interest to dig that deep, but if anybody does, uh, let us know for mailbag. I'd be curious. Um, so what's the solution here then, Scott? You're just laying problems out and you don't seem I to know, have an offer. I know, and this, is, this of, is how I started it. this segment was just saying, I, I really only have more questions after everything I'm about to say. I don't know the solution. Although one thing I will say should happen is this, this analytics department of the Toronto Blue Jays should really be digging in to what is recalibrate that algorithm for sure they need to recalibrate everything in my opinion and they really need to go out of their way to bring in players that is going to succeed in these surroundings there are obviously players out there that are better fits according to the way this stadium is put together than others so is this the sales uh, pitch on the the trade market this offseason you go hey you want vladdy and they go no look how bad he was this year and then you go no, he was only bad in Toronto. If you he plays see him for in you, Buffalo. yeah, <laughs> you know, in Arizona, in L.A., in San Francisco, he's a superstar. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's sure disheartening. It really is, and I think we're going to transition into just talking about John Schneider here a little bit. I know I kind of already tore into him a little bit for his Trevor Richards. That turkey's decision. cooked. Mm-hmm. How I do you feel Tuesday about defending him? Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about the way he does his interviews? I know that there's a lot of people out there that get upset that he's not maybe a little bit more fiery and tearing into his players a little bit more, maybe not even tearing into them, but maybe being a little bit more uh, accountable driven, you know, where he puts, um, when a guy's not doing well, he he doesn't sugarcoat it. Because honestly, Adam, personally, this is not one of the things that bothers me about John Schneider. But there are a lot of Blue Jays fans that his demeanor while being interviewed does rub them the wrong way. Do you have any problems with it? His laissez-faire attitude? So you want him to be more like 
after that game come out and be like, yeah, Vladdy just needs to be better. He can't be, he can't be so fucking shitty. I mean, they've tried everything else with Vladdy. They haven't tried that. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that being publicly called out is always the way to go, but good Lord. I know I'm running out of ideas. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for words with John Schneider. I've kind of done an about face, a full 180 in the past four days which is generally speaking not the best way to make decisions um mm-hmm. rash impulsively there's just it is I mean, getting Adam so Dirk, much harder to de- defend and apologize for him and honestly dude there are whisperings that are coming out that Rogers as an ownership group is is not thrilled with how this season is going and and they shouldn't be. Lord knows the fan base isn't. And if the Jays miss the postseason, I think it would be very difficult to justify bringing back John Schneider. But forget John Schneider. I think it's getting even more difficult to justify bringing back Ross Atkins. And I think that everyone outside of Pete Walker, who has been the one bright star mm-hmm. in this coaching staff, I think everyone gets shit-canned. I think there's a real cleaning of the house coming if this team doesn't make the playoffs. And I'm not even as down on Atkins as others are. Like, I know this is going to piss people off, but Ross Atkins has done a really good job on certain aspects of this team building. But the truth is, you get brought in at the end of 2015, and you're out of time, bud. The cake has been baked. I understand that there are probably scenarios where... Like, I, I really do believe Ross Atkins has become better with time. He's become a better GM. But it's just, again, I just feel like it's it's a results-based industry, and he hasn't delivered results, okay? If you look at when the time was, the window was 2021. They didn't make the playoffs. Yes, they won 91 games. Not every team wins 91 games. They did have a very good team. 2022, they won 92 games. They get blown out in the wild card game, wild card series. Mm-hmm. This year, hell, man, they still might win 90 games, which is absolutely crazy. It might even be enough. But I just can't see Ross Atkins surviving no playoffs this year. And I don't think he should even though there's a lot of arguments to be made that he has done an admirable job in certain places. And you know what, man? There's an incredibly viable and successful candidate literally just sitting in-house right now with a track record and sporting a 2022 World Series ring in James Click. And I know people want to lump Shapiro in with Atkins, Shapiro is the only one safe in this scenario. I think that ownership is happy with the Renos and the direction in securing corporate money in the stadium that that Shapiro has allowed. I know fans, we don't give a shit. I just want tickets I can afford, which is kind of going the way of the Buffalo, if you will. There was almost (laughs) 20,000 people in Toronto that were able to afford tickets to that Rangers series. So Yeah. That's almost a full, that's almost half full. That's pretty good. That's literally, I'm trying to be glass half full here situation. The stadium was half empty. Um, 
Where are you at, Adam? I don't know. Can you see? Let's let's give it this way. Let's say the Jays do finish on the outside looking in. Who stays? Who goes? In Adam Max opinion. Um, if I okay, if I was Ross Atkins today. I am holding a press conference and I am thanking John Schneider for his time with the Blue Jays. And I'm saying that the level of performance we have gotten is just um, not up to the organizational standards and it's unacceptable. And there needs, it needs to end. Like does John Schneider deserve to be the fall guy? For the whole disaster that has been this season. No, deserving got nothing what to do with it. What does deserve have to do with it? <laughs> to quote my dad, quoting Clint Eastwood, deserve ain't got nothing <laughs> to do with it. Um, and I'm hoping a dead cat bounce my way into the playoffs. You know? Yeah. It's this team is a disaster, but just from a, oh, we got to do something aspect. Is it is it desperation? Is it panic? Or is it urgency? I don't know. To quote one of my best friends, give me panic. I, I need something. And mm-hmm. the thing is, we are just one game back of a playoff spot. We're not six games out. We're not having to climb no. out of a huge hole. Like, this season is salvageable. On mm-hmm. paper, I fucking love this team. Yeah. I love it. Everyone is underperforming, and that's John Schneider is the easiest scapegoat, fall kitten, whatever for it. But like, he's got to go. And then yeah, you clear house in the off season. You keep you keep Pete Walker. Sure, I'd clear out that whole khakis department. I'd say jean shorts is what we're wearing next season. Uh, casual Friday, every day, beanbag chairs in the office. Let's get the Google crew into Toronto. Um, no, it's, it's, but if I'm Ross Atkins, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing it right now. I'm not waiting. I'd pull the trigger right now and I'd be like, yeah, he's gone. And then that's whether or not he is responsible. And I'm not saying that he is, but, and there are people who do think he is and that he should be fired. I think just from the standpoint of wake-up call to everyone else in that clubhouse, you're sending a message that nobody's job is safe. Start fucking winning. Or John's just the first to go. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is on the chopping block. Nobody's job is safe. I'd bench Vladdy for the entire Boston series. Take some time. Get your head right. I don't fucking care. You're not going one for 16 against the Red Sox. You'll go zero for zero. I'm not even pinch running you, pinch hitting you, nothing. I'll take Spencer Horowitz all day long. I'll get Brandon Belt into the lineup. Vladdy, I mean, don't stay home. Come out with us. You know, you're getting on the flight. You're still a part of the team. But watch, just chill. You're not doing fucking anything to help us win. So you're not going to be a reason we lose either. And then we'll go to New York and we'll figure it out. One thing I will say is, and I agree with everything you're saying, something they need to, I mean, throw the kitchen sink at it at this point. We're, We're down to it. There are 15 games left in this season. 
we're at game 147. And I think it is still important to remember, despite how little time is left, this is still baseball. And I will remind everyone that the Texas Rangers that just literally kicked the shit out of this team over the last four games. Up until Oakland. So they played Oakland before they came to Toronto. This, in the 20 games prior to that, the Texas Rangers were 5-15. and 15. I just I just want everyone to kind of let that that set in. Five and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're six and one in their last seven. That's baseball. So to completely count this Blue Jays team out, I know you you see all of the sky is falling people on Twitter saying stuff like they're gonna win two games out of their next fifteen. No. <laughs> this team's been too difficult to watch for them to be that way. You just know they're going to find a way to to string us along right, right till the end. And I'm here for it. But my God, they have sure put themselves in a difficult situation. And, and thank God the teams are chasing play each other so much. It's the only reason, honestly, that I even still have hope. Uh, we are currently a game and a half back of the Mariners. They have the tiebreaker on us. Mm-hmm. Two games back at Texas. They have the tiebreaker on us. Mar- I think, okay, so Mariners play the Rangers seven times. I think I'm cheering for the Rangers in those two series. Mm-hmm. feel like Seattle is going to be easier to catch. Yes, they had their hot streak. I think they got hot too early. And they've run out of steam. Um, they have the Dodgers in town for three. Then Oakland. Oakland's easy. But then it's Rangers, Astros, Rangers. Um, Even Houston, we're only two and a half back of. And they've got the tiebreaker with Houston. Like, the... At the top of the AL West currently, it sits Houston. Half a game back is the Rangers, and a game and a half back is Seattle. So there is there is a chance. Our schedule. I mean, these are going to be some famous last words with the Blue Jays' schedule. Uh, way softer than the Mariners. The Mariners have 16 games left. 13 of which are against playoff teams in the Dodgers, Astros, and Rangers. Uh, We have 15 games left, nine of which are against the Red Sox and Yankees, who are not good this year. Make no bones about it. They're not good. Both both teams sit one game above 500. If we can't... Like maybe three and three against the Rays is an ambitious ask. But even if we go two and four against the Rays, we should be able to go seven and two, six and three. That gets us to eight and seven. If we go six and three against the Red Sox and Yankees, and we go two and four against the Rays, that's eight and seven. 
do the Mariners have a below 500 ahead of them? I think there's a real possibility of that looking at that schedule. In 16 games, could they go 7-9? and nine? I guess they'd still have the tiebreaker if we went 8-7, and seven, they went 7-9. and nine. But if they went 6-10, and ten, do they have 10 losses on their schedule? Yeah, this team needs a lot of help. That uh, you start doing the math, and this team needs a lot of help. But I mean, it's, th- that's the thing with baseball, though. Like, here's the truth. I'm right? gonna be staying up late tonight watching that Dodgers Mariners series. I'll tell you that for free. If the Jays sweep the Red Sox and the Mariners get swept by the Dodgers, which is not that crazy, it's not. It's a whole new like it's a whole new ball game. I know, and here we are. We're getting suckered right back. And this is the toxic positivity you guys came here for: is that there yeah. is still a path to the playoffs. As frustrating as this team has been, I mean, imagine being a Rangers fan for the past month. You've been pulling your hair out. What? Yeah. And then you lose Max Scherzer. What? But then you sweep the and Blue then you look Jays. At the standings. And you go, then you oh. look at the standings and you're like, holy shit, we could still take this division. <laughs> yeah. Like, please, Louise. Yeah. Um, so, okay. We have the talent on paper to get hot and to, and to do damage. But mm-hmm. there needs to be a wake-up call. There needs to be a wake-up call. I'm calling for it. Fire John Schneider right now before the season's a write-off yeah. because this team Chain looks so em. lifeless. Chain bloom them. Chain bloom them, <laughs> yeah. Um, this... Okay, let's get into a topic here that is going to be a little painful to talk about. Alex Anthopoulos. And... Ooh, you're going to say Alec Manoa. Okay, this one's also oh. painful, yep. Yeah, Alex Anthopoulos, former general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Of course, he was who pushed all his chips in in 2015 and took this organization back to the playoffs for the first time in 22 years. I was actually at the game where the fans were chanting, thank you, Alex, which was a surreal moment, Adam, to have a Mm -hmm. fan base chanting, thank you to a general manager. I don't think there's a um, equivalent to that in sport amongst another fan base of chanting thank you to the general manager. Normally general managers are there to be shit on and that's it. They're a toilet for the fan base mostly. Um, But Alex Anthopoulos came up big. I wish to talk Alex Anthopoulos here, Adam, just because I think it is important to remind people of how things went down with Alex Anthopoulos because so many people currently, I know you see it on Twitter all the time that the Blue Jays we, chased him off. Yeah, we ran him out of town. And that wasn't the case. Now, you need to remember that this Rogers ownership group was in a, in, a, in a state of going in a different direction. And when I say that, Alex Anthopoulos was all but fired at the end of 2015. He had run his course. He had taken over from the J.P. Ricciardi um, era era in 2008 he had seven years of runway and had already been given the go-ahead to kind of go all in a couple times right 2012 we remember what happened he went out there and 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 traded thor to the mets for cy young award winner right r.a dickey coming to the Mm -hmm. toronto blue jays we watched uh huge trades bringing in jack johnson from the miami marlins we watched all sorts of stuff go down over Anthopolis's tenure. And for the most part, it not work out. 
it looked like Anthopoulos was going to be fired. The team was 50 and 51, and that is when he pushed his chips in and he went out and had the most exciting trade deadline of my life, of most yeah. Blue Jays, of most Blue Jays fans' lives. And really, if you cheer in sports and you are a Blue Jays fan, you probably can even say of your sports fandom. Forget about just the team. Yep. It was an insane trade deadline. The only thing that I'm, I would say might rival that would be the Raptors getting Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that's a great, great comparison. Probably the only thing even close. The Blue Jays went out and they acquired David Price. They acquired acquired Ben Revere. They acquired Troy Tulowitzki. Uh, they bolstered their bullpen with major, uh, major acquisitions. It was it was insane. This team went from fifty and fifty one and proceeded to over the next sixty one games only lose something like thirteen. They they won the division. They went in as hot as you possibly could and went all the way to the ALCS. It was a storied run. I still think they should have and could have beat the Kansas City Royals in that ALCS game six with no outs and Dalton Varsh or Dalton Pompey on third base. Just devastating. I bring up all of this because I think it is super important to understand how close Anthopolis was to being fired. They were already doing the legwork to replace him. But when you put all your chips in and you win, it's pretty tough to do that. So what mm-hmm. happened was the president's job was up for grabs. Paul Beeston was retiring and being moved out. And Mark Shapiro was the guy that this Rogers ownership group wanted. Obviously, they had been talking to him far longer than when the trade deadline happened. So the president's job, which is what Anthopoulos wanted after getting this big win and pushing his chips in. And probably deservedly so. That said, he was quite young still for the president's job. And again, this ownership group had already mentally been like, well, we're replacing him anyways. Mark Shapiro then came out and was like, you know what? Do you wish to still be the general manager? Offered Anthopolis the general manager job. Recording stopped. Hold on. Yep. I don't know why the recording stopped. Oh, I'm out of space. It's still going for YouTube, so if you wrap it up quick, we can get out of here. Okay. Um, Sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, so... Offered him the GM job. Offered him the GM job. He thought about it. He turned it down. That's how it ended. We didn't run him out of town. Was the timing was unfortunate. There wasn't the position that he desired, but yeah, he still could have been the GM here. I don't know. He got hired on as a special assistant within the Dodgers. Everyone says everywhere he goes, he's gotten into the playoffs and that's true. I think you're being pretty generous if you're putting the Dodgers going to the playoffs in 2016 and 2017 on Alex Anthopoulos. He continued to learn, 
the ins and outs of front offices. He got the opportunity to become the general manager of the Braves in 2018 after their old general manager got fired literally just because of scandal. Their old general manager had done a great job. I should have looked up the name of the guy, but that was when they got into the the trouble with the international draft and stockpiling, right? right? Overspending mm-hmm. and, and cheating the system. So the Braves lost their draft picks from the international free agency. The general manager was fired. Enter. Alex Anthopoulos. Do you think there would have been a spot in Atlanta if that hadn't happened? Absolutely not. Atlanta had one of the top farm systems in all of baseball and had superstars literally joining the majors right then. Ronald Acuna Jr. on the verge of winning Rookie of the Year. You know, like, there were a lot. I'm not taking anything away from Alex Anthopoulos. He has been incredible. He's got a World Series. My God, what he has done after inheriting a very prosperous Atlanta Braves Minor league system has been incredible because that minor league system continues to be fruitful for this Atlanta Braves team. But I just, I just, whenever you you see history being rewritten, it's kind of frustrating. It's a little silly and we can end it there. I don't know if you've got anything else to add on Alex Anthopoulos. No, I, I think it's just also the bitter taste in our mouth is just also because as soon as we dumped our ex-boyfriend, he won the lottery. Yeah. You know, like you have a bad breakup. You don't want to see that person more successful than you. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't. You won the world series in Atlanta. They're thriving immediately. If he left town and didn't go to Atlanta and went to the Mets. Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> Cincinnati. I don't think anybody would be like, oh, bring back Alex Anthopoulos. He's doing such a subpar job in New York, but it's better than he like. I don't know. He winning a World Series is just like winning the yeah. lottery. Like it's so. The last I think time that's I looked not online, giving him enough credit. No, but you're right. it is. There's, a There's lot. so much luck that goes into it. Even right now, according to the sports books, the, the betting online. Uh, Braves are like the runaway favorites to win the World Series. They're at 30% chance. Yeah. 70% chance they're almost certainly not going to win the World Series. And they're the favorites. Like, it's it's hard to win the World Series, is my point. You know? So, yeah. That said, much loved Alex Anthopoulos, Canadian kid, started in this, Montreal. This roster, as it stands today, just to get back to, and I cleared out a bunch of stuff on my computer on the fly, so that's how good of a producer I am. So Amazing. the Zoom recording stopped, the YouTube recording continued, so Patreon's getting a little bit cut off at the end. But this roster, just off-season moves, uh, who do you want to see us move on from? Like, who do you want to trade away? Be like, this guy's a bum. Get him out of here. Well, I think let's start with the free agents. I don't think we revisit Brandon Belt. Love him. Best of luck with whatever he decides to do. Whether it's Oh, I'd bring him back or... on a one-year deal. If you can't found another one-year deal, I'd re-roll him. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that... Uh, the best hitter the on money... our team this year. The, I, listen, I love what Brandon Belt has done. I just don't know that at 35 years old with a bad back and the... 
health he has had over the last few years. If you if you bet on a 35 year old, I think that the 12 million dollars it would take for him to sign a one year deal could go to areas of more need. Okay, sure. Next one. Who else? Uh, Whit Merrifield. Okay, Whit Merrifield. I I think you let Whit Merrifield go. Okay. I think that you let Kevin Kiermeyer go. Now, I really like I really like Kevin Kiermeyer, but I really do think that the biggest uh, benefit of having Dalton Varshow is what an incredible outfielder he is, and especially in center field. And not having him in center field just doesn't maximize his value. Okay. Speaking of maximized value, why the hell Whit Merrifield was in left field last night instead of Dalton Varsho? I'd anyways. Um yeah, and then and then finally I probably also let uh why can't we think I of don't his know, name? Man. Kiermeyer gone, Merrifield gone, belt gone. Everybody else yeah. you want to keep? No. But, I mean, Chapman's gone. Okay, Chapman's gone. I think you're going to need to get creative. I think you're going to need to make some trades. I think that some stuff does need to change. I don't wish to necessarily see them run back out the same core, although I think completely... I think you can't overreact to this. We watched We watched what happened last year. The Jays, I feel like they overreacted a little bit, the front office, to what happened. So I, I don't wish to see them completely stripped down because there are some good bones here. Here is a wild idea. Okay. Playing off your idea of Varsho needs to be our center fielder next year. George Springer, is he in the last year of his deal? He's getting no, older. He's got three more. He's got three more years. Three more years left. Okay. So he's our probably fourth outfielder. He's not looking good in right field lately, by the way. He looks slow. Yeah. And is not getting to a lot of balls. I see the effort is there, but there are so many dives lately where it feels like he's diving and just missing by like three feet. Like he's not even close to catching these balls. So I don't know if that's injury or he's just slower because he's older or what. Anyways, fourth outfielder, George Springer, maybe full-time DH. I don't know. Uh, Two corner outfielders available on the market. Um, Lourdes Gurriel. And Teoscar Hernandez reunion free agents go spend go spend money bring them back no yay love it hate it uh, I don't know on both but I think one is not a bad option I think that uh, Lourdes might be the guy okay. I do think that they need a lot more production out of their left field bat so I I, I think that the offset of defense for center field is fine. But to have the offset of of offense for both center field and left field was just too much. As great as Kiermaier's bat has been, mm-hmm. this team doesn't hit home runs. <coughs> so you need some power. But everyone else in the core stays. You don't make any drastic moves with Bo or Vlad or anything Maybe else. You do. do we need a solution at catcher? Maybe you do. Um, how are you feeling about Manoa in that situation? We haven't talked in a while about that since the sugar continues to boil onto the skin of that whole debacle. I, I, I don't feel good. My biggest problem with moving a guy like Vladdy or Manoa is that their value is so low currently. It's so tough to move on from a guy when you're just getting, you know, 60% of what you probably should had you moved them a year earlier. 
I don't I don't know what to do with Manoa, man. I I I really don't know. I mean, he's under contract until 2028. Um or they've got control of him. Um David I don't... Sampson was on the fan yesterday, talked about the situation. Uh he talked about it again on his podcast this morning. Can I play you this clip? Yes, please. Very short clip. Apologize for the audio as I play speakerphone on my phone into the mic here. But here we go. Is he with a private coach getting ready for next year where he's going to come on strong and show those Blue Jays how wrong they were? Well, I got a little nugget for you, Alec. I would be absolutely shocked if you were a Blue Jay next year. I went on the fan and... He's not a, he's not a Blue Jays insider. Yeah. But he is former MLB executive. He's seeing the way things are playing out. I... Don't know how they bridge the gap here in this relationship. I just, I really don't. And I'm well. I, one thing, one thing. I, I will said it say, two weeks Adam, ago. I think he's, I think he's done as a J. I think he's played his last game in the Blue Jays organization, and it's disappointing to hear other people with a lot better baseball knowledge than me starting to hint that they feel the same way. One thing I will say is that there is always a need for starting pitcher, starting pitching in Major League Baseball. I think that Alec Manoa has done a lot to prove that he does have it to be a top-end guy. Um, He is only a year removed. There's a lot of reasons why you could look at this season and see it as an outlier. And major league organizations are guilty of each one having a little bit of hubris and feeling like maybe they see something no one else is seeing and they can fix it, right? Teams love a project. And so maybe Alec Manoa does have some value where you can bring back a piece where all of a sudden this team isn't lacking a cleanup hitter anymore. I don't know. I think that, this, that, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces this offseason. We thought last yeah. offseason was a lot of moving pieces. I don't know and who this stays. Is where, are you confident? Are you confident that Ross Atkins ha, is the guy to be able to do Ooh, this? You're going to make me say it. I'm not confident that he's the guy. Like, that he's the right guy for the job? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Is he also, like, the... Is he bad at his job? I don't want to say... I can't say that either. He built a good team. Like, on paper, this team is I good. Know. Yeah. I don't know. That's I don't know whose fault it is for everybody underperforming. I have to think the guy that brings everybody in is less responsible than the guy who John Schneider needs to have gotten more out of them. I don't know how yeah. everybody's underperforming and it's un, maybe it's not fair to John Schneider, but it sure feels like he's John Schneider almost has to go. Almost has to go. Uh, I think Boba Shett is a Blue Jay next year. I think George Springer is a Blue Jay next year because of the three years left and he's old. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any trade value there. I think we just have a guy who's like an overpaid fourth outfielder. We overpaid him for the past three seasons in hopes that we'd have some October production out of him. And we knew mm-hmm. that the last three years were probably not going to be too good. But if we have a couple of deep playoff runs in the first three, it'll be all right. Well, we didn't get it, and it's not going to be all right. So that's a tough pill to swallow. I don't think he's going anywhere. Otherwise, I think, well, Varsho, who he just brought in, 
I think is a Blue Jay next year. Otherwise, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those names aren't here next year. Mm-hmm. Pitching staff excluded. I don't want to talk about pitching. Yeah, staff. I think the pitching yeah, staff. Pitching staff looks good. Pretty tight. Um, but position players, if Espinal's gone, Biggio's gone, I could see any of that. Any of the free agents we talked about, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those guys are gone. Vladdy, even. I think there's going to be some tough choices around him this offseason. I don't know. It's it's going to be yeah. a wild offseason, Scott. And I hope it's it doesn't be a start until November. Season. But I, I'm worried. So the Blue Jays back against the wall. One game out of a playoff spot. They are facing Boston and New York. Over the next seven days, six games, they face Brian Bellows, uh, 3.68 ERA versus Jose Barrios, 3.63 ERA tonight. Brian Bellows just always makes me think of Tracy Morgan's character in Saturday Night Live. Brian, Brian Fellows. Bellows. Yeah, Animal Planet. Hey, guys, I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> I'm Brian Fellows. Uh, for anybody that hasn't seen it, hop on YouTube and go find uh, Brian Fellows there on uh, Animal Planet, Saturday Night Live. Some of the funniest. Then the Battle of the... The Battle of the Chris's tomorrow. Chris Sale versus Chris Bassett. Chris Sale sporting a 4.88 ERA. Chris Bassett a sparkling 3.83 and leads this pitching staff in innings pitched. And then, of course, um, you got Nick Pavetta, the Canadian kid, versus Hin Jin Ryu, who continues to look about as good as it comes uh, for a dude just off Tommy John surgery, 2.93 ERA for Ryu, Nick Pavetta sporting a five, uh, 4.56. So definitely need some wins here, buddy. Oh, engine Ryu. Um, what an awesome. Yeah. Comeback player. He's been this year. I don't know if I love him or hate him though, because I feel like because he came back and was so good, Sending Manoa down as the sixth starter was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, the if Ryu was shaky, it's a more complicated situation. Um, as it stands right now, Alec Manoa doesn't have enough service time for that Super Two status, so we don't gain a year of control, but we do gain a year of pre-arbitration, which yes. you talked about on Tuesday. In the long run, could save the Blue Jays potentially twenty million dollars, like when you play yeah. it out. You know, uh, first year in the second, second in the third. It's, and so Which on. also adds value on the trade market. Yes, that is true. Um, so on the one hand, thank you, Ryu, for, I guess, saving us money and adding value on the trade market to uh, Alec Manoa. However, if Alec Manoa didn't get sent down because Ryu was shaky, maybe Alec Manoa still sucks, but he's still probably yeah. a Blue Jay and he's still probably a Blue Jay next year. Mm-hmm. it's all Great. Ryu's fault it's all Ryu's fault <laughs> but I say bring him back I want I to bring him back yeah bring him back I do too all right well let's leave it on that I don't know if there was uh much positivity here but hopefully after this week we're doing Friday and we're saying hilarious what a week can do and we're all positive and <laughs> we happy. have said that a time or two yeah <laughs> we, we have, have said that a time or two this season we've mm-hmm. said this sometimes by long toss on Sunday, we're like, wow, wow, I look feel at so that. much better or I feel so deflated. What happened? So uh, thank you to everyone who followed along. We do really appreciate you, the grounds crew members to all the new Patreon members. Tip of the hat. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And to the Patreon members that have been along all along. 
uh, a big thank you to you. You can always follow us on Twitter at Walk Off Podcast, on Instagram, the Walk Off Podcast. Hit that like button. We're pushing 5,000 subscribers, by the way, on our main channel. Yeah. We're at like 4.6. So uh, if you have yet to subscribe, help us get there. It would be lovely to hit that 5,000. Yeah, Word tell a friend, eh? We there don't know how to market go. ourselves. So tell a friend. You found As all of you have found sure. out over the years of following us. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully sunnier times are on the other side of this week. All the best, everybody. Go Blue Jays. Go. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.